on this computer. And just to prepare you, I'm going to get interrupted. I know it. Oh, no. That's not acceptable. All right. Never mind, then. We won't get interrupted. Yeah. Tell your kids and your wife that I said no. Welcome back, everybody, to the Drew and Mikey's Scary Cemetery. Bum, bum, bum. Hey, guys. I already forgot what the theme song was. Oh, wasn't that it? No. No, I think you just made something up, and we were like, yep, that's a theme song. So we're going to have to go back and uh, listen to the old episode and probably just take that little sound bite and, and make it permanent. Nah, I'm fine. Or we just have this running bit where you just make a new noise every week or every two weeks or whatever it is. And we just say that's the theme song. Sound good? That sounds good. Speaking of every week or every two weeks, we had a goal to record one episode a week and deliver some weekly content. But it has not worked out that way. We were supposed to offer you three shows of a movie and then one show for a book. But as fate would have it, that did not happen because of extenuating circumstances. The biggest one being Kim Kardashian and Kanye West has filed for divorce. Did they really? I mean, I knew that. That's why we didn't record the last two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. I know. That's, Drew that's needed funny. his moment to mourn. Yeah, yeah there's, 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 a, there's a two-week time period where you wear black and then you slowly come out of your malaise yes i used the word malaise just now <laughs> i went to college i don't even know what that word means but i don't think i do either <clears throat> they can't make it how is there hope for anybody else well we had some exciting news that did not happen but oops <laughs> the best news Listen, let's share this thing that didn't happen uh everybody I was supposed to record our next episode in Narlands with Drew. Me. Oh, Drew. Yeah. Yes. But that didn't happen because Snowpocalypse 2021. Yeah. We didn't get any here. You would have probably been safe. But the thing is, if you'd have gotten here, you'd have been snowed in, or not snowed in. Like we, we had this little warm bubble here where nothing happened, um, but you'd have been stuck here. Which wouldn't have been the worst thing, but you probably want to go to work and do what you do there. And nah. so, uh, so yeah. But no, it, the weather was good here. We were fine. But uh, you, you probably would not have been safe to drive out of the place back to uh, the Lone Star State. Yes, yes. Drew was going to be a mid-stop to my lengthy drive to Atlanta, Georgia for a film opportunity. But when I was heading out, we literally started getting ice on the roads. So I did not want to test the hands of fate. And I turned around and went home, which I was only like 30 minutes away. So you made the right decision. Yeah, we will have to reschedge. I already got the okay from the fam that we need to make it up to Drew because obviously I'm a gift. That is why I'm called the present. And I will deliver myself during the summer to you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that horrible joke aside, I look forward to it. Uh, <laughs> anytime, mi casa is su casa, sir. Well, it wasn't a joke, first of all, but that's fine um other than that oh the biggest thing so just a little side note we're probably going to talk a little bit longer than normal today just because all the stuff that's been going on since our last episode 
During Snowpocalypse 2021, not only did we get snow, which was awesome, but we had four days of no electricity at my house. <laughs> I was living like a pioneer woman. <laughs> With uh, so so, I want to know how cold did it get in the house? Like how how cold was it inside your home? I am very fortunate that my house was built last year, and it's very energy efficient. Um, mm-hmm. And the coldest it got inside my house was about. 60 degrees okay um but that was just at night in the morning in the daytime we'd open the windows because even though it was still like 17 degrees outside the sun would come in it would warm up the house and then when the sun would start going down we'd shut the window or not shut the windows but we'd close the blinds you know make sure all the heat stayed inside mm-hmm. um but like i had to do things like go outside and fill a cooler up with snow to like store my meat in because my my refrigerator my free my are you laughing no, no. <laughs> you are so immature. Keep going. <laughs> uh, I just know how often you tee, the, you tee up these, uh, these uh, verbal gags, as it were. And I know it's intentional, but you, uh, you know, I ignore it like 94% of the time. Anybody who's listening to any other episode, you know, I, I ignore it so many times. And then, and then half the time I'm like, no, no. What am I supposed to call my meat that's in the freezer? Well, what kind of meat is it? Is it steak, pork chops? It's everything. You want me to say I had to stick my pork, my beef, my... That sounds worse. That sounds worse. It's that just... sounds more like a double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So you made the right choice. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> At any rate. This episode I... has gone so awry that I think it's my favorite one so far. Yes. This episode is brought to you by ButcherBot, where you can get all your meats delivered to you monthly. Which it's not actually brought to you by ButcherBlock, but I did subscribe to them i'm very excited um however so i don't believe we got to record at all in the month of february but drew and i did want to set aside february for black history month and discuss our favorite horror films that were made by black filmmakers so of course we have to honorably mention us and you know Get Out is really good. I don't really, I'm not like super crazy about it. It was decent. It was good. But Mm -hmm. out of Jordan Peele's films, I definitely loved Us. Mm -hmm. Um, Those definitely are noteworthy. But the only reason why we're not going to cover those is probably because every other horror podcast has already covered those. And we're all about the underdogs and finding the films that are a little more or a little less known, actually. Yeah, everybody's definitely seen Get Out and get, definitely seen us. If you haven't, go watch them. They're worth watching. But we, we sort of talked in the interim, even though we weren't you know, recording much in the last couple of weeks. We sort of talked about how the direction of, the, of this podcast that's going to set it apart to be a little different is we're, we're covering the ones you, you haven't heard of, you haven't seen of. And it might be super great at uh, finding those things. Um, usually the uh, the indie films or the lesser known films. and uh, And so... We're going with a couple of those today. And I liked both of them. Yay. I, I had not seen either one of them. You, I think, had seen both. And so uh, my life was enriched by watching both of these movies. <laughs> Before we get into the movies, is there any other ones that we want to make a mention of? Um, of course, when I went from the 90s, uh, Tales from the Hood. Oh, yeah. Amazing movie and Gotta terrifying. Yes, absolutely. I didn't see the sequel, though. Did you? Yes, I did see the sequel. Um, it was obviously a lower budget, um, but it, it it was good. You know, it didn't it did it did what it wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's a third one I haven't seen yet, but I believe it's on Sci-Fi on Demand, so I need to watch that one too. Aside from that, the films we're going to be discussing today are 
2007's Dead Tone, and the, I believe it's 2020, Bad yep. Hair. So we'll start off with Dead Tone, just because it was the oldest Right. So I first saw Dead Tone because I don't know what it is about phone calls and creepy phone calls, but I'm a sucker for them. Ever since Scream, ever since Black Christmas, I just love horror films that have or revolve around creepy phone calls. So not only do you have a number of Black actors and actresses in it, but you also have a gay guy in it. Um, You have a... (laughs) larger than normal guy in it and they play just normal people they're not there because Mm -hmm. it's like oh there's the token gay guy there's the token fat guy like they're they're given regular parts um so it's very all-inclusive even like when everybody goes to hook up the gay guy finds the guy to hook up with um so that was the first film especially a horror film that i saw that did that where they just treated everybody like they were just normal people Mm -hmm. yeah Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, um, I, I agree. And I thought it was, uh, I thought it was interesting and I, I don't want to get ahead of, of uh, I don't want to jump ahead here, but there's a character that uh, shockingly wasn't as, um, so there's a character in the movie who's a, uh, who's like the jerk, right? He's like the rich kid, the entitled kid and everything. But yes. there's a friend of his that I can't recall the guy's name that I figured was a goner as soon as I saw him. Like he's Are you like talking his, about the, the larger guy? Yes. Yeah. And because he's like the, the comic relief sort of, you know, and he's just uh, in, a, in a typical paint by numbers movie, he'd have been gone quick. Yeah. Like know? he starts off as the token, like fat friend, but mm. they give him a lot more stuff to work with. Like as the movie progresses, you know, he, is there and he's one of the ones that makes more of the like, brave decisions to figure out what's going on and to figure out how to like get people help. Um, right. So, so usually you have like, if there's a guy who's the comic relief, he's just goofy and he's, he's there for the punchline, but he also can't it within that same body. Couldn't coexist someone with, you know, with, with common sense. And yet this guy actually did have it. And many of them did. And, uh, and it actually makes it stand out because you never see it, right? So you know the commercial where, uh, you know, where they make fun of all the bad decisions people make in horror movies, right? You know, uh, yeah. if you're in a horror movie, you make bad decisions. It's what it was you do. progressive. Yeah, okay, progressive. Was it progressive? I it thought was it was an uh, insurance company. Yeah, it was insurance. I don't know if it was progressive. But, uh, but anyway, so yeah, um, it's what you do. And yet in this movie, while some people do make bad decisions, more, I felt there was a little bit more of a... Uh, realistic like yeah but here's what you might actually do instead of just tripping over nothing and falling or having the guy who's the comic relief you know the bigger guy uh i mean he wasn't outrageously big or anything but just you know the bigger guy um who's the, who's the comic relief get knocked off in a in a in a ridiculous way you know yeah. and so um i i really really enjoyed that and i it. felt the way the same way about the gay guy also because the the thing about the and like you said he's not even like huge he's just bigger than what Hollywood usually lets us see. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably average to most people, but with him and the gay guy, you know, it was, you know, the gay guy was very flamboyant, very feminine, which is fine, but they never made it a joke about it. Mm-hmm. Like there, you know, there's no surprise that there's flamboyant feminine gay men out there, but 
you know, there wasn't any jokes made based on that characteristic by the other actors. So, you know, yes. everybody so has you, a friend. So you had the character that was, uh, so you have these characters who are all unique and different. And instead of playing some, some trope about each one of them, they just exist within the world. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it kind of reminds me of, so there's two things that reminded me of Night of the Living Dead in this movie. Uh, we'll talk about one of them at the end because that would definitely be jumping jumping ahead. But so in Night of the Living Dead, anybody who's, who um, hasn't seen it, obviously you should have seen it. Everybody's seen it a dozen times. And, uh, and George Romero, uh, who directed and I think also wrote the movie, I'm not sure. Um, and, and so the, the lead character in that movie is black. And a lot of people and, and I've read I've seen interviews where well, they say, well, were you, you know, what, what social statement were you making and all this other kind of stuff. But he said, I you know, I didn't cast him to make a statement. I cast him because he was the best actor. Yeah. And I think to this day, this is probably still the most diverse cast I've seen in a horror film. And I, that's probably one of the reasons, honestly, why I liked it so much. Because being young and, you know, being a horror fan and not really having insight into people like me in horror movies, you know, everybody has their own individual personality where they want to see it displayed in entertainment. Um, just because, you know, if I just watch football movies about straight guys the whole time, I'm not going to have a connection with anything. Sorry, I know it's a surprise. Um, but, you know, to see someone that's kind of like me. Well, let's tell everybody what it's about first. So, in dead tone, actually, let me let you do it, Drew. All right. So, dead tone starts out with a group of kids um, and something goes wrong with a game that they play. I don't know. I guess the game is called dead tone where you... Where yeah, you prank? The game is called seventy-five. Oh, you're right, seventy-five. Right. So you, the idea is to try to keep somebody on the line for seventy-five seconds, and it doesn't matter what you say, but it's at at the root of it, it's 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 a prank call, right? Or uh, the, the the delivery guy from uh, Big Daddy called it crank call. But anyway, so uh, you uh, the idea is to keep them online. So a tragic thing happens. There's there's a murder, and uh, and so that kind of sets sets it off at the beginning. Some kids are attacked and 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 then it's like what 25 years later 20 years later something like that okay 15 years later i don't know how many years it's 10 it's... obviously drew didn't pay attention to the movie um <laughs> i uh smudged on my notes when i was writing that no i do not write notes when i'm <laughs> watching a movie at all but uh okay 10 years 10 years later 10 years yes. all right i get it i believe this you. is this is our official spoiler warning from here the review will have some slight spoilers if you do want to watch it you can watch it on tubi for free it's called dead tone and dead you can come back movie. and listen to the rest so i like how you just glide over oh a murder happens no drew these kids what there's like six of them i don't remember these kids are having a whoa 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 there were five obviously mikey didn't pay attention this this is shocking this was is... there really five i have no idea oh <laughs> go goodness. ahead a group of children, probably about 10 or 11 years old, are all sleeping together um, for are all having a sleepover because their parents are downstairs partying with each other. I guess their parents are all friends. So they're playing 75 in their room. Like Drew said, 75 is you have to keep someone on the phone for 75 seconds when prank calling them. They accidentally prank call a serial killer. So he calls back, gets one of the kids on the line, and somehow finds out where they live and he comes in and he kills all of their parents while they're at a party. So all these kids end up being orphans 
this is a little out there. Like, I don't think this would actually happen if this scenario did happen. But 10 years later, all these kids who were adopted out end up back at the same college and they've been friends the whole time. <laughs> don't think about it too much. It's, yeah. Like, just, just I mean, go with it. yeah. So they all go to a party. One of the girls has a boyfriend who has a huge house and it's a very exclusive rich party. Um, so they go to this guy's house. They're having fun. They're playing tired, boring party games. And one of them says, hey, let's play 75. This is also where I'm like, I don't think this would happen because considering this game has killed all of me and my friend's parents. I probably don't want to play it again. <laughs> um, Listen, man, you got to conquer your fears somehow. I mean, <laughs> I just don't think that like if, if me and my friends, our parents got eaten by lions, I wouldn't be like, let's go check out the lion exhibit at the zoo 10 years later. <laughs> but, like, sensitivity training that needs to be done here. Yeah. You know, you can't live in fear forever, man. You got to, yeah. Nevertheless, they decide to play. That's probably one of my favorite scenes because the phone calls are pretty good. The score is excellent when they're having their phone calls. There's a sense of dread. There's eeriness. There's all this fun stuff. Um, my favorite call, of course, is the Latina who's like trying to be sultry and sensual with the guy on the phone. So the phone calls are cute. They are. And, and I should say that the way we've described it so far makes it seem like this movie is just deadpan straight it's really not there there was a really good sense of humor to it i mean they, they there was a lot of stuff that was just very intentionally ridiculous you yeah. know i, I it, it, the tone of the movie uh pun not intended the tone of the movie is not just you know in your face brutality at all it, it's it's really more laid back like you know i don't want to say scary movie because that's complete comedy but there are some there's some elements of just let's 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 not take ourselves too seriously here yeah, so there's essentially two categories of cast members. There's the central cast, which is our friends that we follow along the way. Then there's a bit of a bigger outside cast that are the partygoers. The partygoers have cheesy, campy deaths, but what happens to the actual group of friends is more of a serious tone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And um, and, and it is funny that um, that you point out that they wouldn't wouldn't make the phone, wouldn't start playing the game just you know, just because of the little tidbit that all their parents had been murdered in that way. Yeah. You know? But but also just because there were so many of them, I was struck by how large the gathering. So so usually you've got like one or two people or, or maybe three or four main characters. And then there's just a bunch of background extras and things like that. And it's not even the same people over and over again. But really when they were standing around playing the game, <laughs> it was, I was shocked at how many, it was, it was the same exact faces. And they were, they were all, it was just a very large group standing around. And I'm like, listen, I've never been able to get any sort of continuity with that many people. You know, I've got to get rid of like pretty much everybody and, and focus on one or two people to get anything done. But apparently they sat around and played the game for quite a while. Yeah. I don't know what the budget for the movie was, but I will say that um, who, as far as the actors go, they have a really solid cast with decent actors. Um, some of them you may recognize, um, I don't know about you in general, Drew, but people in general might recognize him. So one of the guys, I don't remember his name in One Tree Hill, but um, there's one guy from One Tree Hill. I believe he was a basketball player in One Tree Hill, but I can't think of his name. Um, 
in the uh, in the movie Antoine Tanner is his name. Yeah, the actor's name is Antoine Tanner, who played Kareem in the movie. Yes, he played Kareem in the movie, and I can't remember his name in Run Tree Hill, but he's been in stuff. He's a very familiar face. Mm-hmm. Um, the Latina, I was like, why does she look so familiar? I don't watch this show. I know you don't either, but she actually has a pretty big role in the show Lucifer. Um, so oh, okay. glad to see she has gone on to big things. Um, and then um, the girlfriend, um, so the guy who plays Kareem, his girlfriend, she, I haven't seen anything that she's done recently, but she's done a lot of old sitcoms. Um, I believe she was in Family Matters and another one. I was looking through their IMDb's. Um, now, Angeles. Will Horneff, I believe his last name is, um, he's actually the reason why I watched this movie. He plays... Oh, what's his name in the movie? The twins, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of all, side bit, I think he's very attractive. I'm side sure you do as well. And Josh. Yes. So I'm sure you are aware that he's a very attractive man. Um, I've heard tell. Especially after he took his baggy clothes off and he's just in a, in a tank top. I know yeah. you thought the same thing I did. And you were like, somebody help me. <laughs> Um, uh, that was a cool moment because I was like, uh, oh, "All right, he's." Uh... I mean, it was kind of a cool moment because he's always wearing really baggy '90s, like yeah, hip hop clothes. And then he takes off his baggy clothes, and you're like, "Oh, he's actually jacked." Um, it's funny because it, it reminds me of this movie. Uh, this movie that my friends and I used to watch. We used. To, I don't know if we used to watch it, but it, it was called "Very Bad People" or "Very Bad Things" or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the <laughs> one of the actors in it is uh, Jeremy Piven. And Jeremy, Jeremy Piven, there's a point where he tears his shirt off and he goes, weren't expecting that, were you? <laughs> he's, I mean, he's, he's in good shape. Yeah, Jeremy Piven was in decent good shape, right? Ever, whatever. But I remember he just used to laugh at how ridiculous it was. It's not like he was tore up, you know, or anything. You know, he wasn't like ripped. He's in good shape, but he was like, weren't expecting that, were you? But that was kind of like the real moment, you know, on, on this movie when, uh, when, yeah, when he, when he, when he uh, strips down to just the wife beater, I was like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to take him a lot more serious now. <laughs> yeah um so the reason why i know him is he was in ty west's first movie called the roost and um i'm glad i watched this because i remembered that and that's one of my favorite movies and we're gonna have to review it sometime okay. um i'm down but, for ty west anytime Eh, that's another topic but <laughs> so i just really like this movie it's one of those movies that pops in my head i have it on dvd it pops in my head like maybe once every two years and i'm like you know what i want to watch that movie um, Rutger Hauer's old, Hauer is that how you pronounce his name? Rutger. Rutger Hauer had to have filmed on this movie for about three hours grand total. <laughs> he's, I mean, he, I mean, more than that, he has a decent part in it, but he is always sweating in the movie. And I was like, <laughs> did, did, was there no one there to like powder his forehead? Like he's always sweaty. Um, in order to afford Rutger Hauer, they had to, uh, they had to forego the, the makeup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, sidetrack that I think that I think that the audience probably won't care that I've sidetracked here. But did you like Hobo with a Shotgun? I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. But if you think it's noteworthy, then maybe I will. Mm, I don't like it, so I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> like it attempts to be a grindhouse movie, and it's Rutger Hauer, and it is a grindhouse movie, but it's, it's a grindhouse movie without the fun, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So back to this movie. Um, but yeah, so other than that, I don't really have much to say about it. Just that it's entertaining. 
thrilling. So do we spoil it or do we or do we leave it out? Do we leave it there for them to not be spoiled? Um, we, we, we sort of half spoiled. I guess I guess we've uh, without spoiling, I'll just say that the ending was satisfying and there is there's no way I can really describe this without and this is not a major spoiler, but the way it ends is very, very reminiscent to um, I, I'm, I'm quite sure it's an intentional nod to the ending of Night of the Living Dead. Oh, you know is that what reminded about? you of it? Oh, actually, you're right. I didn't think about that. I mean, I, I don't see how it could be um, an accident um, because they they almost. I mean, obviously, this is not a zombie movie. This is a movie about serial killer, you know, killers and stuff. But, but the way the way that it ends, it almost to me is like they were fist bumping. Um, you know, just the tragic ending of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, so um, I won't say what that was. You, if you've seen the movie, you'll know. But um, but you know, to me that that was a cool little nod. And it's also a shocking moment. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I didn't think about that, but it is very Night of the Living Dead-ish. Not a happy ending, folks. No, but... nope, not at all. But I love this movie. I was highly, highly surprised. Um, well, I mean, I wasn't surprised, but uh, I had not seen it at all, never even heard of it. And so it's always fun when you find one of those. And that's what Mikey's around for, you know, to be <laughs> a great friend, but also to to be the guy that goes, no, I have um, plumbed the depths of these indie movies. The, uh, uh, what'd you call it? Tubi? Yeah, Tubi. I've watched, you know, the bottom of the barrel at Tubi and I'm going to show you the ones that are good. Tubi's got some great stuff, um, without a doubt. I, anytime I get a chance to tell somebody to, to watch Tubi, watch Tubi. They've got so many good things. Uh, they also have some other things that aren't so good. But, uh, <laughs> but when you find one, it's, it's, it's really satisfying. So this movie was really satisfying. I uh, really enjoyed it. I'll watch it again. Yeah. Right, right now. So pause. I'm going to go watch it again, and then we'll just finish the episode later, okay? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, and then our second film. Yes. So the second movie that we saw is Bad Hair. Um, this one, I heard nothing about. I was just on, face. I think, Facebook one day, and I saw that it was a horror film that had... Um, Kelly Rowland, Vanessa Williams, uh, Usher, James Vanderbeek. <laughs> well, I didn't see that he was in it, but that was a surprise <laughs> to see. I was like, okay, I know who these people are, and I'm a big fan of Kelly Rowland, so let me watch it. So I watched it a couple of weeks ago, and I was very surprised, and I was super into it. Um, to give you a quick recap of what the film Bad Hair is about, it's basically takes place in the 90s or the, I believe, 89. 89. Yeah, so right in between 80s and the 90s. Um, but anyway, so they have a TV station called Culture that folk focuses on uh, Black culture, and it's being taken over, and Vanessa Williams comes in to change some things up. She has luxurious, flowing, long, gorgeous hair, and she starts recommending some women to go get the same sew-in weave that she has. So we start seeing different women in the office starting to go get the weave um, opposite of what they've been having, which is just their natural hair. And they start changing and their eyes start glowing. And yeah, did I miss anything? They, yeah. No, you didn't miss anything. Um... So it's almost, I almost feel like t saying more is spoilery, but I, I feel like this is just the podcast where you, where you got to spoil, you know, because we're talking about movies that are lesser known. 
and I don't want to ruin it for the one for that one guy who's like, oh, sweet, that sounds good. I'm going to go watch it, you know. And then what they told me the ending. <laughs> yeah, but so on the other hand, watch- if you're one of those, it's just like, yeah, I like listening to them talk about movies, but I'm not going to go watch it. I don't want you to not hear about what's awesome about it. You know, I was kind of in that w- weird quandary place right well there. usually what i've what i've been doing and i noticed that we do is we talk a lot about the movie and then if we're going to spoil something we do it like at the very end of our conversation yeah. I, so, I try to hold off on that stuff until the end and and honestly we did not spoil um the previous the one we just talked about dead tone yeah either. we didn't even say who the killer was we, we didn't even say what the what the big reveal was so yeah because um, so, even though it's interesting that that didn't make that movie like the no no it didn't not... it, it, it was it was fun already and then i honestly thought obviously this is bad this is bad radio because i'm jumping back but i remember thinking that movie was a lot smarter scripted than than some more popular movies than that yes but, i agree so but um, bad hair um so look bad hair has this very intentional the movie came out in 2020 i feel like it had this very intentional grainy 1989 look to it um oh I, yeah it looks like it, was, mm-hmm. it looks like it was straight from the 80s and or 90s like you right can't tell it's a recent movie at all mm-hmm no, and even even when you see James Vanderbeek, who, by the way, I said that uh, Rutger Hauer was only on the uh, the movie for three hours. James Vanderbeek was definitely on uh, Bad Hair for thirty two minutes total. <laughs> well, they uh, don't they don't really advertise him as being a big part of it. It was just no, like, no, they don't. Rutger Hauer is listed at the very top of Dead Tone, the first actor, which is why I I laugh at it. And I'm like, okay, he's the marquee actor, but uh, James Van. No, you can't even find really find James Vanderbeek a- a- advertised on the movie at all, and and that you shouldn't because obviously he just barely showed up. But, well, I uh, will say that um, in the same respect, uh, I was kind of disappointed at how how much screen time Kelly Rowland didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, I was expecting her to have a bigger presence and considering she's my favorite person in the movie, you didn't really see her that much, but it's fine. We saw her enough. Um, but what I really liked about this movie is a, this, the aesthetic of just eighties and nineties was perfect. Like, and as someone that kind of grew up with that kind of television, um, the fashion and everything, it was, it was on point. And side note, this is kind of the perfect movie to, have at this time because not only are we ending black history month but we are going into women's month so women's history month or women's month something um a month dedicated to women um so this movie is like perfect for that because we have the black history with the black culture and the black filmmakers but then it's very uh, heavily driven by women and you know there's definitely a sub story here you know and i've heard i've heard about it being discussed even beyond this movie of you know how black women have to deal with their hair in the workplace because mm-hmm. they you know according to studies and, and research having the weave you know makes you more hireable to some companies this isn't my opinion this is just what i heard versus you know women who have their natural hair find it harder to find jobs so that was also something that i like that they touched on because to me i'm like isn't that so shitty to feel like you can't just wear your natural hair yeah at work a lot of that a lot of that is you know the idea of that sort of changing but thankfully it's it's anywhere you know and 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 especially if you're thinking back of 1989 and and so the the main character uh i I don't know if her name is l lorraine or ellie it's e-l-l-e so i've heard it that it's l or l-e but uh i i really liked how she wasn't so how do i describe this so she 
she gets the weave, which she um, she had a some sort of accident when her when uh, her sister or sibling brother or sister I can't remember it's tried to do something to her hair when she was younger, and she has like a, a scar scar tissue on the back of her head, you know, and she's also got like PTSD for from having had that happen, and so of course to fit in and in order to to get recognized for her skills, she has to go do this. But on top of that, the place is like this elitist place, right? She can't even get in. Like she goes to the place where everybody gets their, their weave and she's like uh, trying to talk her way in. Like, listen, this is really important. Just, you know, sister between you and me and the lady at the front desk is like, um, get out and make an appointment, like completely above it. You know, just like, I don't care, you know, because you need us and we don't need you. Like, yeah. I, and so I, I really like the way she, she goes from being like this just, desperate outsider, like willing to do what she needs to do to fit in. Also sort of halfway through the movie to not really playing the good guy, if that makes sense. So there are scenes where the, the other ladies that she works with are like coming against her, like, okay, you've sold out, you know, they, yeah. they see the weave and they, and they look at her and they're, and, and, and the way she's talking and it's like, no, you've sold out. And then she still sort of straddles the fence. I think she does a really good job of not being like, completely perfect goody two shoes yeah also being sort of like this complex character who's like uh i mean who who's really trying to get ahead and, and doing what it takes to get ahead you know but also yeah. recognizing the, the evil in it and stuff like that but uh, yeah. there you know part of the story is when she starts getting praised and noticed because she changes her hair she kind of has to convince her friends to also go through it um and also Let's just point out that the scene where she gets the sew-in weave, very gross. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm going to tell on you for a minute. Go ahead, tell on me. <laughs> <laughs> As everyone knows, Drew is straight. He didn't even know that in the beginning she was getting her hair chemically relaxed and she got a chemical burn. He said, what did you say she was doing? <laughs> uh, I think my quote was something. They did something to her <laughs> hair. I don't know what it was. Well, either way, he texts me and he says... Um, do they really sew in the hair into the <laughs> I, I, you. I said, no, they don't sew it into the scalp, into the skin. Cause in this, it's very disgusting. And you know, whenever they get a weave or a sew-in, they braid, they braid your hair and they ha- it has to be very, very tight braids. So I've heard it's painful. Obviously I've never had one. Um, it's very painful. They do really tight braids. And then with the sewing hook, they sew in the weave into the braids. But in this one, you know, she's already in pain because it hurts, but she's also in pain and triggered because it's by her scar, um, which also triggers like, like Drew said, like a PTSD type moment. And then the hook actually starts going into her skin to where her scalp just starts bleeding. Um, so I had to tell Drew that they don't actually do that when they sew in a weave. <laughs> <laughs> so she sits there and lets it happen and like she's never had her hair done so i'm assuming she thinks it's normal or what i don't know what but yeah. i'm sitting there going i i had to get on i had to get on the phone and and, and text you right there and i was like <laughs> um okay people aren't actually having their skin first off i'm thinking of the danger of what if someone pulls your hair anyway i, I just i was like surely not and he was like laughing at me like uh no it's a horror movie, idiot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, so... I didn't think, but I'm like, she's letting it happen. Like they, they, the the lady who does the hairdressing is like she sews it three times into her scalp, and I was like, yeah. she's letting this happen? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think also it, it 
they use that, you know, she, so after her cousin accidentally burns her scalp, uh, she doesn't let anybody touch her hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she's at home, she wears like a wrap around her hair. So whenever Vanessa Williams, who plays the woman who's coming in to kind of change things up, she asks her, who does your hair? And she goes, nobody, I do. Um, so I think maybe she just doesn't know what to expect. Yeah. When getting this. And she makes a, a, a point of saying when she sits down, I'm sorry, I've never had my hair done. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess that's the idea is even though she it's it's sewing into your head that she's <laughs> saying that she's like, is this normal? Or, or or either that or she has an idea this is not normal, but it doesn't matter. I have to do this. Yeah. So, so yeah. I think she did a really good job. Um her tenant, I mean her uh landlord comes in and is demanding for more money for rent because he decided to increase it and she doesn't have the money so he forces himself onto her she stabs him and what happens what does her hair do well as everyone would expect her hair then sucks the blood from his body until he's a withered corpse you all saw that coming didn't you you certainly did if you paid attention when she when she first went in and the and the, the lady told her uh, it came from somewhere. And she goes, it came from where? And she goes, it doesn't matter where it came from. And she goes and puts it, she's talking about the weed, it's some sort of living thing or something like that. She says, yeah. it came from where? And she goes, it doesn't matter where it came from. <laughs> and so uh, you get this idea that it's, uh, there's a whole lot more going on than just eyes changing color and whatnot. When the hair begins to uh, drain people of their blood. Yes. So you got it coming. The hair will wither and be brittle when it's hungry. And then whenever it needs to freshen up, it just drinks blood and ketchup, apparently. Did you see it eat ketchup from her plate? I thought I did see that. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. What? That's gross. Like, I don't judge you for drinking blood, but ketchup's gross. I noticed that when her, her cousin came over and brought hamburgers, she puts her hair on her plate, not, not realizing it. But um, her hair touches her plate, and there's ketchup. And then when it goes back, the ketchup's gone. So maybe the hair thought ketchup was blood. Yeah, the, the hair got tricked. <laughs> yeah. So um, she basically is freaking out and finding out that her hair requires human blood to be healthy, and she can't take it off her head. Um, it has a life of its own. I think there's a. Uh, um, I think it might be Japanese, but I think there's a Japanese movie out there with the similar type ending where the hair essentially has a life of its own. It grows, it can kill you. Um, This part I was kind of like iffy on because it was bordering on cheesy, but like it didn't go fully there. Um, It took itself seriously, but the concept is so wild that you don't really take it seriously, but it did a good job being as serious as it could be with that that theme. I think so. And what I really liked about it, I don't know if you caught it or not, but I felt like it kind of had like a Hitchcock vibe to it. Um, I don't really know how to explain it, but it just, it had that, I don't know how to, you know how like when you watch some Hitchcock. All of of his movies sort of have this feeling of the world against one person who knows the truth Mm -hmm. type of thing. And she sort of has that going on. Even when she, even when she first realizes so, so, and this is kind of what I was talking about before is, is even when she kills the guy, throws his body out the window, you know, and he's dead, he's, he's been drained of his blood. She still, she still rolls on like, you know, this is, this is a big deal, but I still got to go to work and I still got to get ahead, you know, and it's, it's really not till later when she's like, okay, God, this is getting out of hand. 
Well, I think she kind of convinces herself that it may not have been that bad because apparently the landlord, she hears that the landlord um, has raped a couple of women in the mm-hmm. building, or at least we know of one for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she feels like justified. Yeah. Um, but basically everybody who's gotten hair has gotten, is going crazy and... This is where it gets a little confusing to me because I don't remember the ending too much. Um, this story is based off of a folk tale called The Moss-Haired Girl. And I tried researching online to see if this was an actual folk tale from a while ago. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that it is, but I didn't get like 100% concrete um, evidence that it was because right. I didn't have that much time to research and I was finding stuff but I didn't know if I was finding stuff that was related to the story in the movie or if this is actually a a folktale from the past yeah so, you know, let us know yeah so listen I, I had a thought here since we just had a question that we don't know and we have viewers right and this is just me springing this up at the last second so if you hate it cut it out of the episode but uh, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts where they'll pose a question or they'll open up, you know, uh, an email address or something like that for, uh, for individuals or a phone line or something for individuals to give their response, uh, have their information read on the, on, on the podcast. Uh, I even have a, a one that I listen to where, uh, where they have a voicemail thing and they'll actually play your voicemail and then respond to it and stuff. And since uh, sometimes we we sort of mention something and, and we'll forget, you know, we don't come back to it. We're like, yeah, we're going to do that later. Or we'll talk about that later. And um, or maybe you guys know. And then if we were to just leave that out there and open up a open up a, a situation where people could message. Um, I mean, I know there's the Facebook group and stuff like that, but uh, I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I'm totally done. I don't know if we have the audience for it, but. If you want to call in, or we don't have a number yet, but if you want to Facebook us, you can find us at Drew and Mikey's Scary Cemetery, or we will open an email up and let you know what that email is for listener feedback. Yeah. All right. We're going we're gonna to get that in the works. Yes. Six, six or seven episodes from now, when I remember that I said this, um, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get it set up that time. Perfect. You guys comment. <laughs> we'll read your information. If not, we'll just fake it. We, you know, Mikey's an actor, so we'll just uh, we'll make up some stuff and pretend it's viewers. I mean, you know, just standard stuff there. You know what I mean? Perfect. It'll just be <laughs> all about how I sound so good looking and amazing. Yeah, I think it'll just be like uh, this. Oh, we we got another email from Tommy in Finland, and you know, <laughs> people are kind of raising an eyebrow, like, are there really Tommies in Finland? You don't know if there are Tommies in Finland, okay? Don't don't, don't look Just too wait close. Wait until you hear my fin Finnish accent. Um, but I need you to v- clarify the ending for me because I got confused. Um, not that I got confused, I just don't remember. Was the hair from like a cursed tree or is it witch's hair? Um, <clears throat> I thought that it, the entire land was cursed um, with uh, the blood of slaves or something like that. I mean, it showed like giant tendrils of the hair growing from the from the land. And there was a voiceover that I should probably listen. We should probably listen to again because at the I, I think it probably would clarify a little better. I didn't get the idea that it was witch's hair, but it could have been if I may have missed something. But I thought it was more like 
the land was cursed and that's where this grew from because um, yeah. it kind of shows like this plantation looking thing you know and then it pans out and uh and then it, and it just shows lots and lots of the hair like worming through the through the ground or something so yeah um, something that was also super cool is like if you watch the movie again and you um watch the women's hair uh in many scenes it moves by itself yeah that is cool it was good it was good it was a good flick it was good that they were able to do this without just um, a massive amount of name actresses i mean it, there's some people you know but i'm you know i liked it so this is so this was a hulu original movie right i don't know if that means it started that way or if it was a movie that was made and hulu was the highest bidder you know i never really can tell on that like when you see netflix like oh it's a netflix original I'm like, yeah it was filmed you know it was filmed in argentina and there was a bidding war and then netflix was the highest bidder so now they call it a Netflix original, you know, even though nobody, nobody filmed it for Netflix. Right. So I don't know how, I don't know what the origin was with Hulu, but Hulu is high profile. A lot of people have, have Hulu and, and I mean, it's, it's popular and stuff I'm like, all right, this is cool. It's a, it's, it's a Hulu original. And I just like the fact that they, that they made something like this, which is kind of, I don't want to say bold, but interesting that they were willing to make a movie that looks gritty and looks 1989. Like, like you might've filmed it off of VCR. But but I don't mean the cheesy after effect that puts the, the, the VCR effect. I mean, it actually was just filmed gritty looking and yeah. uh, and it's just very unique. And, and you might not love it. You know, someone might watch it. And like, well, I didn't love it. I don't think anybody's going to go. Well, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. And I wasted, you know, an hour and 50 minutes watching that thing. No, it's 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 unique. And, and in horror, one of the biggest things we need is unique. You know, they have a diverse cast. They have a bunch of they have a, a lead who hasn't been on anything else really other than tv episodes and and i just i like that i want to see more things like that where where they are um giving a chance to somebody so, so i don't think there was a ton of risk i'll put it that way in the movie i don't think they had a giant budget you know they, they did rent james vanderbeek for 30 minutes he mm-hmm. didn't even really look like dawson you know he had his hair all 1989 and uh, i don't think there was a lot of risk but i think the reward was big because they they took this thing and, and it was it was it's unique and unique is the biggest draw for me with, uh, with horror. And so two really good movies this week. I uh, would like to personally thank you for, uh, for recommending both of them and um, much better than some of the garbage I've watched (laughs) (laughs) recently. Yes. I am very happy that we did this little feature double because I think they're both great. They're good, and um, so, you know, I'll I'll eagerly await. We don't have to say it right now on this episode, but sometime in between, I'll eagerly await your uh, next suggestion on Tubi um, or Hulu Original or whatever, you know, off-the-beaten-path horror, you know, that kind of thing, and uh, do this again. But we also have a book coming up, so we can say this. We can say this on the episode. We've got a book review for our next episode. Is that correct? We do. Because we both read it, so we might as well talk about it, and it's Clown in a Cornfield. Clown in the cornfield. Bow, bow, bow. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> but you know we have to play my favorite game. It'll be a quiz. Yes. All right. Based off this title, what do you think this movie's about? Are you ready? I'm ready. The title is Slax. S L A X X. Ah, well, if it was S L A C K S, I was going to think it was possessed pants. Um. Or a, or a killer who wears like uh, shirt sleeves and, and slacks, but it's S L A X X, 
it sounds like some hipster club or something where people have to join and they have to wear slacks. It's like a dress code and turns out there's evil brewing within the club and all these, uh, um, blue collar workers who are going there or white collar workers after work are being possessed and going out and killing people in the, in the city of, of Rochester. How close am I? Um, well, you were close the first time. Oh, really? Possessed slacks? Yes. Oh. Very okay. short snipnopsis. A pair of murderous jeans is out to wreak bloody havoc in slacks. All right. Well, that's simple, but, um, but it works. <laughs> now, have I asked you already to, uh, to give me your thoughts on this movie, Willy's Wonderland? I, that was one that we did a while ago, and it's already okay. You asked me that one. Okay, okay. I had it in my mind, but, uh, but yeah, so you asked me that one. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here, here's the one I'm going to give you, and it's it's going to be difficult unless you've already read it. Uh, okay. But it's got a terrifying image that uh, already scares me. Uh, but the movie's coming out in 2021, and it is called Sun. S O N. Huh. I haven't heard of that one, but based on the title, I would say, would the poster give it away? Can you describe the poster? Um, the poster is clearly in a bathroom. There's a boy of probably like uh, 10 or 11. He's got longish hair, and he is covered in blood like Carrie at the end of uh, at the end of Carrie, you know. And well, also, he's got a um, the only thing not covered is like a little patch where his eyes are, and you can see that he maybe doesn't look so innocent. Yeah, I mean, my first guess was going to be about someone's kid who kills people. Mm-hmm. It says when a young boy falls ill to a mysterious illness. His mother must decide how far she will go to protect him from terrifying forces in her past. So who really knows? There's depth to that. Yeah. Well, okay. I think that wraps up this bi-weekly episode. (laughs) If we do three more this week, we can say we've done enough to make that it'll be called bi-weekly. Don't hold your breath though, people. (laughs) I thought this was a fun episode. I think, uh, I think it was cool to, uh, I mean, it's always good when the movies are good. I think I think one of the most recent episodes, we were like, yeah, it's fun to talk, but the movies we watched were no good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of them but, wasn't good. Yeah. But, okay, well, in that case, the Cemetery Gates are closing, which, by the way, there is a film called Cemetery Gates. Super cheesy. We should watch it. Um, so, until the next time... <laughs> We will uh, be back again that next time. I was, <laughs> was going to joke and say, this is us signing off from 2021. We'll see you in 2022. But no, we'll be back soon. We've, we've already read the book. We just, we'll be back soon. So, yeah. This guy, this guy with the, the lantern and the pitchfork on the other side of the cemetery gates. So he's looking pretty angry. So uh, I'm going to head on out and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Nice sign off, Drew. <laughs> and I noticed that this is still on the recording. Yeah, I'm about to start.